If you didn't have the guts, that's what would have made you pull the trigger. Howdy, folks. Welcome to the Virtue Signal. I'm Alfonso Rachel with my cohort, Bill Whittle. And uh, let's see if we can get down to some um, some actual virtue talk instead of having a uh, uh, virtue dictated by these people out there who really don't seem to be very virtuous at all. And uh, I'm wearing a ribbon. What do you mean <laughs> I'm not virtuous? A ribbon or I or, or, uh, got my got my flag or got my bumper stickers and all that sort of stuff. Look at my car. It's just covered with bumper stickers. Right. Uh, man. Thank you so much to our, our, our viewers out there, uh, who are, who are giving us some talks, topics. And, uh, this, this one, you know, definitely gave us uh, something to think about. I don't know if you saw Bill. Uh, I, I, I caught it. I read it. And, uh, if you read it, uh, this is what I'm going to be, uh, talking about for this one. Uh, and this is coming from, um, his name is Art. And Art says, uh, let me get it. Let me get it scrolled up here. Uh, he's, he's basically talking about, uh, Katie Meyer. And uh, in the, the, the thrust of what he's saying is, well, actually, I'll just go ahead and read what he says. Um, how twisted must a political philosophy be? And this is uh, concerning uh, Katie Meyer, who uh, a soccer player uh, who, who committed suicide. Uh, he says, how twisted must a political philosophy be that celebrates murder abortions by women and at the same time laments their deaths uh, if it is by suicide, how can you honor a murderer, but grieve someone who actually practices my body, my choice? If you want to understand how a young woman with everything going for her can take her own life, maybe we should examine the culture that is being pushed on them uh, that is so uh, darn contradictory and insanely evil. Oh, we're dealing with some uh, some heart heavy uh, topics here, uh, uh, Bill. And and you know, thank you That's guys for 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 confiding in us to to hopefully give a you know something uh you know that's spiritually nourishing, if you will. But um, you know, Bill, uh, I, uh, to paraphrase what he's saying, it sounds like um, he's saying, yeah, you y'all talk about uh, your body, your choice. Uh, you have. It doesn't seem like y'all have any sort of remorse about the child's life that you took, but people will lament about a person taking their choice to inflict uh, something on their own body that would result in death. And then you see these people, you know, um, how, how do you have a, a, a why aren't you? I don't mean to sound crass, but it's like, why aren't you celebrating this? I mean, this person did with their body what they wanted. And it wasn't like mm. there were any, you know, uh, considering everything that they had going for them. Why aren't you celebrating them? Why aren't you? Why instead? I mean, you're you're immortalizing them in a way, sure, but it's a degree of sadness. So, you know, how do how do the two meet as far as that goes? Am I am I hearing him correctly? Well, uh, yeah, it sounds like it. it may, I mean, what he's saying makes perfect sense, obviously, and a lot of this is is uh, stuff that we just covered on a previous show about uh, this week called Evil about mm -hmm. the the shooting of those uh, kids in Texas. And uh, while you were while you were reading this, I thought, you know, those kids in Texas appalled so many people. But if it had, if they had happened four or five years earlier in their lives, you know, it would have been just another part of the statistic. How many how many children are aborted a year in this country? I, I You know, don't you? I don't know what the number is. Right. But, but you know, well, we're, we're there are three countries in the world that allow 
abortion up until the moment of birth in China, North Korea, and the United States. Um, and that's not a company I, I particularly like being in. Let me get to something because I think this is, the, this is the most important part of the argument. When two sides disagree with something and it favors one side, you say this, okay, and then the situation reverses and you say that, then you say, well, that side's hypocritical. Well, the other side's hypocritical too because they're both arguing on different sides. So let me try and resolve this for you. Where I'm going with this is this. They say my body, my choice. They want to have an abortion. That should be their business. We say my body, my choice. We don't want to take the vaccine if we don't want to. That should be my business. These things, therefore, according to them, are equal and both sides hypocritical. The reason I wanted to go to this is because, because of this my body, my choice thing. This is, this is, the, this is the key to, to the whole thing, really. Because, honestly, if it really was their body, their choice, you wouldn't get any argument from me over it, right? Who am I to tell somebody what to do with their body, their choice? But this is the point. And no, one's, no one lands here, though. I've never heard people land here. It's not your body. It's not. It's in your body. There's no question about that. But it's not your body. It's not your DNA. It may not be your blood type. It, it, it's, it is not your body. It is a, it is a unique combination. And, and, and we, whenever we agree with that statement without challenging that statement, we immediately put ourselves in a position where we've, at the very best we can hope for is a tie. Right. I'm all about letting people do what they want with with their own bodies. If they're grown adults, it's it's not my business to police what they do. I don't want to live in a world where other people come and tell me what I do as an adult on my own time by myself. As long as I'm not harming anybody, that's it. But there's the there's the, the line. Right. As long as I'm not harming anyone else. This is the argument that, that needs to be made when you're dealing with the my body, my choice thing. Okay, do what you want with your body. This isn't your body. You don't get to decide what happens to that to that body, that unique genetic combination that will never exist again, has never existed before, right? That's the essence of it, is that, is that we are talking, when we talk about uh, abortion, we talk about suicide and, and murder and all the rest of it. Suicide is a, is a singular personal act, so is murder, and so is everything else because it's one person acting. But, but in this case, we keep referring to it as a person's choice when there are two people involved. And, and one of those persons doesn't have a say. Mm. And that's, to me, where the dividing line between these things uh, lives and, and why whenever we accept that my body, my choice argument without challenging the premise, because it's a false premise. <laughs> and unless you challenge the premise, you're, you're in a box. Right. Oh man. And you know, the thing is, and, and we should say, you know, nobody in the abortion camp seems to um, register that. Yeah. There's, there's two distinct lives, you know, going on here. It's, it's just something that they're just in deep denial about, and they're going to, and they're going to cling to that lie. Um, you know, and you know, even the word of God says, it's like, look, if you is paraphrasing here, if you make, if you are, if you make a child, if there's a faction that makes a child, um, be stillborn or you make, uh, causes a miscarriage, you are to trade life for life. Okay. So even the word, the, the word of God is telling you, yes, uh, I consider that life in the womb, a person, and if you cause that child to be born dead, 
you are to trade life for life. So, you know, the thing is, even as far as like a, um, when you're saying that this child has no say, it's so hypocritical that these people you know, who talk about equity and people having the equal opportunity to grow and all that sort of stuff. It's like, you gonna deny that opportunity to a kid. You, but well, the child, it, it's just a clump of cells and it can't speak and all that sort of stuff. Well, you're the one who denied it the opportunity to be able to. It's like that child has a development to go through. You know, you, you say that, you know, give us your tired, your poor and your huddled masses. It's like, but if you, but your justification for killing this kid is that that kid might be born poor. So that's that's a that's that's like a, a capital punishment. If that kid is going to be born poor while you guys say, give us your tired and your poor. And then you say, uh, give us your huddled masses. And then you curse the kid for being a huddled mass of cells. <laughs> so you're going to kill the kid. It doesn't make any sense. So, but like I said, and then they shout their abortion, they celebrate these things. And getting back to uh, uh, our, our friend's point here is on this end, they're going to lament over a person, um, you know, who, who committed suicide. And, you know, try, trying to be, you know, diplomatic or indelicate about this, because, you know, we talk about, you know, um, you know, going towards you know, the suicide issue, uh, whether it be like a uh, mass murder, whether it's just all, it's all tragic. And it's like, man, why, why, when you got these people who got so much going for them, it's like, especially when you get to there, it's like, man, you guys are living the dream. You, you, you got, you, you, you're yeah, doing but it. They're not, you know, what they, they, they're not, they're not living the dream. Living the dream is being happy. You know, that's living sure. the dream. Mm. And, and you don't have to be a famous soccer star and, and have all these endorsements and all of this publicity and all this other stuff waiting for you. You don't have to be an attractive person. You, you know, you, you can be living the dream no matter who you are and where you are. And conversely, you can be living the nightmare no matter how well set up you are with material things around you. Sure. Uh, suicide is a result of, of unbearable pain. Mm. That's what it comes down to. It's it's it is a desperate attempt to release yourself from what now let me rephrase that what appears to be unbearable pain emotional pain almost always, um, and and so obviously this this woman and I, and I say this poor woman because anybody who's in that kind of pain deserves compassion if not anything else and 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 she and all the rest of the suicides in the world certainly have my compassion. Uh, and, and my sympathy as well. But let's kind of break it down in terms of the sociological uh, impact that, that Art was talking about. I have, it's pointless for me to say I have no problem with this because it's, it's not my decision. But certainly the, the liberation of women as individuals to live their life the way they want to rather than being locked into the reproductive uh, role and housewife and so on, I think is a tremendous benefit for society because I believe I'm an individualist. And so with that said, what the culture has been doing lately has, has been creating an image of, it's so funny because they always accuse the males of doing this. They always accuse the patriarchy of setting, you know, impossible standards of beauty. It's like, we're not the one buying these shoes. And, and I've never once gone on a date and said, you know, those shoes just are not cutting it, you know, it never. So, so this is something they do among themselves. But, but, but the serious point here is this, it has come to a point where the, the left has decided that the definition of a woman, I'm sorry, not the definition, because I'm not a biologist, who am I to say, <laughs> but the image, 
the image of what the ideal woman is, right, is is she's she's superwoman. She's Mary Sue, as a matter. She's not just an ass kicker, but she's an invincible ass kicker. And and one of the things that that worries me to my core is is watching more and more and more and more, not just video games or, or commercials, but almost every single product that's out there with a female heroine. With with a with a with a female let me rephrase that with a female hero, who's got the sword, who's going around slaying all the enemies, right? And so, I worry about what that does to men, and I worry about what it does to women, because you you don't have to like it, and many of them don't. And this is, I think, the societal pressure that I'm talking about to conform to this image. You know, you've got to be able to be, you know, you got to you got to be tough like a guy, swear like a guy, you got to be able to fight like a guy, you got to be able to go out there and slay monsters like a guy, you got to do all these things like a guy, because otherwise, you're just some sort of you know, worthless man, uh, uh, you know, appendage. And when you do this to women, you, you not only screw up the women, you screw up the men as well. I, I, I don't know how guys can play these games or watch these movies. I mean, like, for example, right, and this is just a small part of a much larger, larger phenomenon, but just for example. So Thor in the movies, <laughs> right, this big, strong, blonde guy. Well, the next Thor is going to be Natalie Portman, who's this high. <laughs> so tall she is in real life. Right, and they have and they have CGI'd up her muscles to make it look like she can at least lift this hammer. So what's going on here, right? Why are we getting female Thor and all the rest of them? Why? And put aside their magical powers, Ray and, and Captain Marvel and all their and, and and what's her name on Star Trek. Put aside the fact that they're all perfect. What what is going on when somebody thinks that people want to see Natalie Portman as Thor? Who's behind this? Somebody's behind it because the movie's costing hundreds and hundreds of million dollars and it's being made. So who's behind it? I think the people who are behind it are either are either very bitter women or very, very weak men in combination who, on one hand, want to wish fulfill that they had powers that they do not have, physical strength, physical speed. Uh, one of the things that an action hero requires is control over emotion, you know, all of this stuff. So they're trying to shoehorn themselves into that because they like it. Bill Burr is brilliant about this. He says, women look at women look at men like a like a buffet, like a smorgasbord. I'll have some of that. I'll have the, yeah, the, the wages. Oh, I don't want to pay for the movies. No, I don't like that. You can have that. You leave that on the tray. I want this, I want, but I don't want that, and, and so on. And And so... When there's no pushback to this, this is what you get. You get a society where a five foot three woman is is you know there's two hundred fifty million dollars being spent to show her lift a hammer that weighs more than she does in order to in order to replace this sort of penultimate male figure, and we're supposed to accept it, and we don't. And the reason we don't, the reason that this all of this woke everything is collapsing, is because. We understand that we, you cannot beat the biology out of people. So no matter how hard you try. Yeah, man. And, and, and what a thing to aspire to. I mean, it's uh, I mean, I, I you know, we try to give people the benefit of the doubt that they can suspend disbelief. But somewhere it, it, there's there's an opening in there somewhere that, that gives people these these false expectations. And it becomes like this toss, this this toxic entity uh, within their bloodstream um, that, you know, they they don't feel fulfilled. 
Um, it, it, right, despite, because it's a, because it's unachievable. It's, it's unattainable. Right, and it's it's not it's not these things to aspire to. But I kind of want to go back to what I was saying earlier about you know these people achieving the quote unquote dream. Because if we're going to ask the same question, we would ask what leads a person to commit mass murder? What would lead a person, as we were asking our, our, our uh, previous episode, what would lead a person, what excuse, what would lead you to go and massacre some children? And I would ask the same question to a, for a person who's, uh, you know, suicidal. When you have so much going for you, and, and, and I know that's totally different from actual happiness, but the things that you've achieved. And, and let me preface this also by, it's not a speaking of judgment or judgment or a contentious question. I mean, I'm speaking as a person who's been suicidal. I'm speaking as a person who's been, uh, uh, burdened. You know, the, you, you know, the tune and I know it too. You know, burdened with depression. I mean, I'm a person who, you know, who had a behavior, a high and low behavior where it was uh, people were rather convinced that I was a drug addict. I wasn't doing drugs at all. I was high no, on I my highs exactly. and high on my lows. I had to be thrown in rehab. I didn't get for, for being a drug addict and I wasn't doing drugs. I started doing drugs That's when exactly I got exactly the same situation. <laughs> That's precisely the same situation as me. I didn't know that about you. Yeah, I got I started doing the drugs when I got out of rehab, right? Mm. Uh and I know the feeling that deep depression, man, I've got tattoos to cover up scars from me taking knives and cutting up myself, getting baked out of my brain on acid and just slicing myself because you feel like there's demons crawling under you with your skin. And you just want to open up the wound so you can let them out. Yeah, I know what that's like, you know, so I'm, so, not, so, I'm not speaking to somebody go, who's judging. I'm, I, you no, know, right. Exactly. So if you, so, so yes, that's a, that's a great description of, mm. of that, of that mental condition, mm. because frankly, the, the two strongest instincts in people, certainly in women, are the instinct to survive and the instinct to protect your kids and, and allow them to survive, mm. which overrules the first one. And the first one is very strong, right? So if you're in enough pain to overcome the the, the built-in uh, inhibitions we have against suicide, you're in a lot of pain. And I don't want to take her as an example because I don't know anything about her, but I do think Art is asking an interesting question about what is society doing? Mm. and And to put it, in, in simplistic terms, it's possible that despite the fact that she's a top-notch athlete, right, and young and attractive and had all of these things laid out at her and all of this acclamation and all of this money and all this prestige and fame and all of these things, maybe she just didn't get hugged enough. Maybe she didn't have enough love, right? Maybe that's it. And this is another part of the equation that people don't want to face. They, 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 the, the people on the left who are pushing this female heroine kind of thing, right? Don't worry. No, children, no. Children, what are you, from the from the 12th century? You're a woman. You go out there and 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 and, and kick ass and do all the things that men do and do it better. Okay. you. I, I'm not trying to deprive anybody of the opportunity to do that. But if you don't think that there's a difference between the amount of emotions that women have versus the amount of emotions that men have, then you haven't met any women. Um, when you try to, when you try to engineer that out of people, by peer pressure, which is what all of this stuff is. That's what female Thor is. Female Thor is peer pressure applied to the general population in order to groom it and mold it towards the standards that this small group of lunatics has. And that's what the whole dynamic is. That's the whole thing right there. And, and so since they can't be these things, they wish fulfill them. They, they don't, they, they see these male heroes and, 
And I'm talking about the writers now and the directors and stuff. And they know they can't be them. I can't be them either, but that doesn't make me want to destroy them. It makes me want to be like them. But they're just gonna, we're just gonna have to destroy it. We're gonna have to tear it down, you know? And and this seems to be all they're they're good at is tearing things down. Mm -hmm. So I have enormous sympathy for this for this young woman. But if you if you said that she's living the dream, she's obviously not, because uh -huh. if she was living the dream, she wouldn't be killing herself. And and so the question is have societal pressures against the biological norms that human beings have and to deny them is is i'm not even going to go there it's just absurd i know i know that's the entire that's the entire dance we're supposed to be doing right now but i'm just not i'm just, no it's not a dance it's it's nuts so so the question is are societal pressures building on young women in order to force them into roles that they don't want to really assume, or at the very least, at the ver maybe they want to assume it, but at the very least are not giving them what they need, what they really, really need. And, and the, I think the answer to that is absolutely yes. And, and is it dangerous? Yes. And is it destroying society? Yes. And do we need to do something about it? Yes, we do. Well, these, you know, these people are definitely feeling a sense of emptiness. That's, that's just this vacuum that you have in it. And it's, it's, it's just dark and it's, it feels like it's just sucking you into this hole. Uh, I, 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 I know what that feeling is like. I, I totally understand. But you know, there's a lot of formula that goes into this. One, when you have a culture, just like you, you, you know, you bring up Natalie Portman playing Thor. I mean, this is like the summit of what it is to believe in yourself. And that's what we're told all the time, Bill. You got to believe in yourself. It's empowering. And, yeah, yes. that's right. But how do you go from, and because what happens, you could believe in yourself and you could be anything that you want to be. Okay, well, I'm a man and I want to be a woman. See, there's, there's, when, when people are, are conditioned in this pride and, and, and this toxic stew of, uh, pride of, uh, pride and insecurity, you have people making idols of themselves and they assume that they can carve themselves into whatever it is that they want to be. And it doesn't turn out good. When you have culture that's being told that you got to believe in yourself and you got to, and you could be anything you want to be, but at the same time are being told, that we're some sort of cosmic accident. Well, here's the thing. People don't go through lives. They don't go through their lives wondering what's my sense of accident. People go through their lives wondering what their purpose is because we were created on purpose. There's a deliberate engineering to our design. But see, we're being made to, be, to believe that it's sophisticated to think that, you know, there was some other faction, you know, some other fiction that, that, that contributes to how we were made. And if it was some sort of accident, then what do we need to live on purpose for? So then a person gets to thinking, well, what's the point of my existence? So you, I mean, when you have a culture, you know, that's what we're talking about, these cultural um, ramifications of, of what's going on uh, with, with people, then this is what we end up getting. So like we're talking about these aspirations that people have is what I need to live up to. There's a, there's a reason why the, the word makes these very remedial statements. You know, in these last days, people will be eating, drinking, and marrying. Ain't nothing wrong with eating, nothing wrong with drinking. There's nothing wrong with marrying. There's nothing wrong with playing sports and all these things. But when a person is seeking fulfillment, you know, to, to back up what you're saying about happiness, okay? The, the, the dream, I guess, is supposed to be happy, right? True joy. But true joy isn't built into people. It's something that we're being suckered into thinking that's not true, that, that it's false. It's in something else that we can't create ourselves. You know, but when you have these things that people seek fulfillment in and they're still not getting it, it's because 
it gets down to that answer that people keep looking for. I mean, even, like I said, even Adam and Eve, they weren't just created, they were made with a purpose. Yo, Adam, I created, now get your behind to work. You got a purpose, you got a job to do. You know, but we're being told that we're just an accident. Now, how, what, what are you supposed to do with that? And then you got people seeing that their life is pointless. Well, yeah. Um, uh, so there's a couple things here to, to talk about. Um, I've been, uh, I've been talking to a guy who's getting to be a friend of mine. Who's got a very, very, very clear view of like primal things. And he, he sent me some work he's doing. He talks about how, um, the Voyager probes, they went out and took pictures of Jupiter, Saturn, uh, Voyager two took pictures of Uranus and Neptune. They're billions of miles away from the sun now. And when they were out there on their way out, when Carl Sagan was still alive, they took a picture of the general area of the sun. And on that picture, the earth was one pixel. It was one blue pixel, one. And Sagan went on and wrote about how all of human history and all of the people we know and all of our wars and civilizations and religions and all of that stuff exists in this one tiny little pixel. And everything else is so vast and we're so insignificant. And he was just saying this again and again and again. Everything else is so big and so vast and we're just so insignificant. We're just a speck. Well, you fessed up to some stuff on this sh on the show for for the certainly half of my life and maybe more. You know, I'd got I had it all figured out, right? Okay, I know my astronomy. I know carbon, hydrogen, helium, methane, halogen, spark, amino acids. No problem, right? All done. And and that perspective that the Earth is not the center of the universe, and on the contrary, we're just a grain of speck, a, just just a dust moat in a hurricane is exactly the kind of culture that, that existed in Nazi Germany between World War I and World War II. And I know this because I worked for Jack Horkheimer, who was a genius. And he did a show called Child of the Universe talking about how this, this perspective that we're insignificant nothing in this vast, uncaring cosmos is, is not only what led to Nazi Germany, but, but it was a reflection of the mood in, in pre-Nazi Germany. And we're and we're back in that that exact same mood today. And when when I when I heard this argument and and stuff, he, he was sending it to me because he'd seen my uh, moving back to America called um, uh, a message from the moon. Because when human beings actually went out there for the first time, the first time they ever left the Earth's orbit ever was Apollo eight. And when they came back, they didn't. They didn't, when they came back, they weren't coming back with an ad, on, the, on the trip back. They weren't coming back with this attitude of, boy, we're the first, because they were, we're the first human beings in history who could blot out the entire earth and everything on it, everything that ever happened with our thumb. Therefore, look how insignificant we are. You know what they did on the way back? They quoted Genesis. You know why? Because they were filled with wonder and they were filled with awe. They didn't come back from, from seeing how small the earth with, with a reduced opinion of the earth. They came back with a greatly magnified mm. opinion of the earth. And what I want to say to Carl Sagan about that one pale blue dot argument, we're just a pale blue dot in an infinite sea of stars. Yes, if you're looking at matter, correct. Exactly correct. Yes, if you're looking at matter where matter is accumulated, that's exactly what we are. But if you could see life, if you could see, well, just start with life. If you could see life as a, as a, as a wavelength of light, then Earth would be a shining beacon. If you could see intelligence, it'd be a supernova. And if, it, and if you could see intelligence morality as well, it'd be the brightest light in the universe. And I, I have come to believe this because it's true. And so everything depends on your filter. If you are filtering out those things and just looking at the matter, okay, 
it's a nice place. It's even even the Earth is a miraculous piece of matter. But yeah, we're just a tiny little speck in a vast, enormous galaxy and millions of hundreds of millions of other galaxies and so on, so on, so on. But if you're looking at the frequency of 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 the miraculous, the, the, the miraculousness of life itself and the, the, the mystery of consciousness and, and the fact that we're having this discussion uh, about important ideas using symbols, little, blah, 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 little <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, it's astonishing, astonishing. And if you could see that, then you couldn't stand to look at the earth from, from Saturn or wherever that picture was taken by Voyager. You couldn't bear to look at it, it'd be too bright to look at. And, and when you lose perspective like that, things get a lot darker because it in a very real sense, the earth is in fact the center of the universe. It really truly is. And, and, and while we certainly want to take a scientifically accurate viewpoint of what the state of matter is out there, if you're talking about things that, that, that we value, well, of course we're the center of the universe. Who could think differently? Indeed, man. And, and anybody uh, dealing with, you know, depression, and contemplating, uh, you know, suicide. I mean, I hope, you know, y'all would ref reflect on that. And, you know, getting back to, you know, what um, Art had said, you know, one of the things that kind of, you know, concerns me is the response, is the response to um, suicide. I think one of the things that makes suicide seem like, um, you know, a solution is because people see the outpour of love of it. You know, they're, they're missing, maybe they're missing love and uh, whatever their idea of love may be, they're missing it. Uh, um, and it's for people dealing with depression, sometimes people may think, cause you know, and I'm not guessing because I've, I've considered the same thing. Look at the outpour of love that people have for people who commit suicide. Well, man, if I commit a suicide, maybe people will talk about how much they love me then. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll get that attention that I wanted. Yep. You know, and I'm not saying or maybe that, I'll, or yeah. maybe I'll show this person, you know, yes, maybe I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all don't 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 fall for that. Um, you know, what's the cost? Right? Yeah. The cost is your life. Your life is is immeasurably precious. It's it's it's, it's absolutely unique. I remember having the, the, the realization and I was embarrassed that I was surprised by this. But it's like when I trade the life of a brand new baby girl for the Andromeda galaxy. No. Mm. To hell with a galaxy. It's just dead matter. It's pretty, and there's a lot of it, but it's not it's not what this is, and it's not unique. Yes. You know? That's the that's the perspective. And and your life is 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 so anybody's life is so unbelievably unlikely and miraculous. Mm. And the problem with and the problem with suicide is and, and that kind of deep depression that can lead to suicide is, and this, if you're one of these people, you need to listen carefully to this. Because just like Zoe, I've been where you are. The reason people lose hope is because life looks hopeless, because they assume that it's going to be just like this from now on or worse, right? And the problem with that is, is that you can, when you're in a hole, you can't tell you're in a hole. When you're in a hole, all you see is darkness around you, right? You don't see that you're in a hole. If you're in a hole, you can get out of a hole. You may not be able to do it by yourself. Maybe you need to get somebody to help you. And that's that's fine. That's how it works. But as we approach uh, Memorial Day weekend here, and the number of suicides, not just among tennis uh, um, uh, soccer stars, but among uh, our veterans, is just, it's, it's, if the enemy took these kind of, if the enemy was able to inflict these kind of losses on the US military, there would be congressional investigations and, and heads would roll. 
So to all of those people, you know, you you cannot. There is no there is no action you can take of any kind that is worth the worth the price of your existence. There is nothing that is worth that price. And you may be alone right now. I was alone for most of my life. I don't. Zoe's told you stories about his his adventures in in uh, you know in um, agnosticism or whatever you want to call it. But but whatever the reason and whatever you think the solution is, there is in fact a solution. And and you can get out of the hole. You're not. You don't have to keep doing the same things again and again and again. It doesn't have to always be the same every day. You don't have to believe it. And I know you probably don't if you're one of these people, but I believe it, and he believes it. And we both stood where you are. So let us be two examples among many that this we don't think this is a joke, and we know what it's like, and we understand it completely. But here we are, happy people now, happily married people, you know, who are living the dream as a result of the kindness of, of our members and so on. And, and, and this didn't happen overnight. It wasn't like all of a sudden somebody knocked on the door and said, hey, you want to be a, a conservative Internet celebrity? Yeah, sure. No, we, 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 we got out of the hole the same way we got into it, one step at a time. And I would just urge you to keep that in mind if things start getting to the point where you're really starting to have these serious thoughts. Do not entertain them. Mm -hmm. I'll just add one last thing because I know I'm rambling on and on, but I think this is important. I had a chance to talk uh, to a, a, a guy named Tom Treason, who's a, a famous comedian, close friends with, with Clint Eastwood. And we were talking about Clint Eastwood, and he's in his 90s now, and he's cool. just as much of a badass as he ever was. And I, I said to Tom, I said, Tom, how, how is he able to do this, you know? He doesn't care about how he looks. He knows he looks old because he is old. He keeps out going out there directing movies. He's a force of nature. What is it? And And... And Tommy Dreesom said, I asked him about this. How do you manage to keep doing this? And, and you know what Eastwood said? He said, I, I don't let the old man in. <laughs> I, I thought, whoa. Yeah, I don't let the old man in. Every time I start thinking I'm old, I'm tired. Just, I just don't let the old man in. I just don't. And, and look what he's accomplished. So don't let, don't let the suicidal person in. Pain is pain, and sometimes you have to endure it. And and just don't let that person in. And if you don't let that person in, you will get out of this. Indeed, and the word says endure in faith, you know, until the end. And you know, this is definitely not going to sound politically correct. And uh, this is you know me talking in terms of those who uh, who may consider themselves uh, uh, Christians. You know, don't buy into the idea that the Lord will understand. He will understand your plight and he will accept. And it's like, if they're like, when people say, man, I was going to do it, but I just didn't have the guts to pull the trigger. No, if you, if you didn't have the guts, that's what would have made you pull the trigger. It's the guts that kept you from not doing it. That's, that's the right. You got to, you, you face life. Right. And, and the thing is, don't think that the Lord is going to make some exception. He's not. I know that some people may think that that's cruel to say. No, it's cruel to make people think that it might be okay and then they go kill themselves. That's cruel. When when the Lord is looking and, and he sees that you trusted in death to liberate you rather than trusting in life to get you through. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. I'm life. I'll get you through the battlefield. But if you trusted in death, then I'll let you over to the one you gave your trust to. You didn't trust me. 
So don't think that the Lord is going to be, oh, I'll make a special exception for you. You know, uh, uh, that's, y'all, please don't, if there's anything to be afraid of, you know, there's, there's saying, you know, there's nothing to fear, but fear said, no, the one to have reverential fear for, of is the Lord himself who tells you not to fear, right? But fear crossing him. And if you take your life, who he's created in his image, yeah, he's got issues with that. I know that may sound, you know, it's like, I'm not trying to browbeat. I just don't beat around the bush. This is not to play around with, you know, you, the, the, the Lord thinks you're to die for. And I know that there's a lot of mess and there's cruelty in the world. Yes, there is. This is earth. It isn't heaven. But if you hang on and, and because there's nothing, nothing, nothing on this earth that will be worse than being separated from God. Nothing. You just said that you just said that the most powerful thing I've ever heard about suicide. And that is that, oh, I didn't have the guts to pull the trigger. No, 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 no. You had the guts to not pull the trigger. You know, you had the you had the guts to tough it out, to, to, to continue to endure the pain. You had you had the courage to do that. Don't sell yourself short. You know, don't make don't make an act of courage and strength into yet another weakness and keep digging that mm -hmm. hole deeper. You know, you had the courage to not. I had the courage to not. He had the courage to not. We had the courage to just keep on enduring this stuff that was just killing us and just killing us. Mm -hmm. And we kept on going. Yes. And now look at us. I'm not joking. I mean, seriously, it's like it's it's almost impossible for me to believe this life. Mm -hmm. And 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 it can happen to you because. As hopeless as you feel, I felt that hopeless, he felt that hopeless, and the millions and millions of people who had the guts to not pull the trigger felt that hopeless, and now they're they're out there happy and enjoying this miracle of life that we've been given. That's right, folks, and I hope that you will take every day. It's a, it, it is a day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. You know, make the best and most of what it is that you know that you have. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's what we would like to offer y'all. That's, uh, if there's a bit of advice, you know, from the virtue signal that we can offer you, we'll offer you that. And, uh, we hope that you'll offer sharing these videos <laughs> and, uh, hopefully that you got something useful and good out of it, out of it to share with somebody that, you know, that may, who may need to hear it, right? We hope that you guys will do that. And thank you so much for your support. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you guys next time from, for Bill Whittle and I, we'll see you later.